1: Jim Taddy. Hi, everybody. Welcome to episode number 59 of Leaf Sky. Jim Taddy reporting. Thank you to Mike Ross for that fine intro. Terry Koshan of the Toronto Sun is our guest today as we go over the Leafs roster top to bottom and what could happen when the season starts next week. Before we get there, hockey is back, and DraftKings Sportsbook has an unbelievable offer to celebrate the greatest sport on ice. New customers can bet just $1 on any hockey game and win $100 in free bets if either team scores a goal. Doesn't matter if it's a one-time clapper or a deft deflection. However they light the lamp, you win. If Sportsbook isn't available in your area, DraftKings won't leave you empty-handed. Everybody can play for huge cash prizes all season long with the DraftKings Daily Fantasy Sports Contest. DraftKings is giving all new customers a free shot at millions of dollars in total prizes with their first deposit. Ladies and gentlemen, here is the call to action. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use the promo code THPN. What is it? thpn throw down one dollar in any hockey game and win a hundred dollars in free bets if either team scores a goal what a deal that is this week one puck in the net nets you a big win with the promo code thpn at draftkings sportsbook eligibility restrictions apply see draftkings.com for complete details all right under the hockey story the least roster all but set they've had a great preseason run it ends saturday night with a game against ottawa and opens the following wednesday at home to montreal i'm pretty happy with what i see i like the depth and versatility and we explore that in my conversation with terry koshan from the toronto sun okay terry i'm going to start this this off let's try Mm -hmm. it again I'm going to start this off with the leading question. Are the Leafs better, worse than, or different than than as they finished last year? They're different. Yeah. They're different. Uh, I don't know if
0: they're any better, and I don't know if they're any worse. They're different. Um, yeah. I, more, I think there's uh, – <sighs> I think they're, they're going to be better on the blue line, Jim, because I think Rasmus Sandin is ready to take that next jump. Let's start there. Yeah. Um didn't have that last year in him. He wasn't ready for it. I think he is now. I think you're through camp, we've seen an improved Timothy Lilligren. So your seventh guy, whether it's you know Lilligren or Dermot to start, is not a point of weakness for you. Um I think it would have been weaker had that been, you know, Bieger or Dalstram, two of the guys they signed. So I think they're better there because I, I like the top five, other than Sandine and you know, um not including Sandine. I mean, uh up front, they're deeper. I don't, we'll have to see whether they're better or not. I still think you and I have talked about this as far as the forwards co- leaving and coming, leaving and, and coming in during the summer, the best one was Zach Hyman of the group. So, you know, you're now looking at Nick Ritchie and saying, we we want you to not only play more minutes than you have or ever have in the NHL, but presumably against stiffer competition. So I'm, I'm curious to see how that works out to start. And, you know, whether Richie is there to begin or or, uh, or past the beginning, uh, we'll have to see. Sheldon Keefe is clearly open to to making changes as he sees fit. Um, and then in goal again, uh, you know, um, I'm not doubting what Jack Campbell can do, but we have to see it again now. And that we've only seen it once in one season, you know, doesn't lead me to believe that I absolutely am convinced right now that it can be done again. Would I lean that way? Yes. But we have to see it now. And we have to see a healthy Peter Mrazek do what he's been able to do when he has been healthy in Carolina and Detroit and, I guess, Philadelphia as well. So it's a different group. I don't think they're better than they were when they left. They might be deeper up front, uh, but we'll, we'll have to see. I mean, uh, you know, it, it's interesting. Uh, we're going to find out now, you know, all season we talked about last year, is it because they're in this division that they're doing so well and that their defensive numbers are much better and all this? Well, it's going to be a stiffer test in the Atlantic, and we'll see where they are for real.
1: Yeah, different in, in every aspect, really, uh, in terms of the schedule they're going to play, returning to their old division. And uh, I like the way you broke down the team. So let's go through this piece by piece. Uh, yeah. The goaltending, you have to remember that Steady Freddy is no longer there. And Steady is the key part of that. So, uh, And that applies to the regular season. So what we have here is, is a tandem that, that could be better or not. We don't know that. And, and we're about to find out. Um, I was talking to an ESPN writer um, uh, lately, uh, Greg Brzezinski, and he's, he has them he had the Leafs ten rated at nineteenth based on he's talking to goalies and the people that know goalies around the league. He had him at nineteenth because the steadiness is gone. Now there's high ceiling potential here, but there's also also some valleys and it has to play out. So I, I don't think you'd disagree with what I said there.
0: No, and like I said, you've got to it has to like if Campbell had done what he did last year for two or three seasons now I'd be like, okay, they're fine. They're, I mean, there's, yeah. I don't have any doubts about this. And again, it's not that I have doubts, but we just have to see it again. And, and, and maybe, you know, not only having seen it once out of him, that's what I'm talking about. Right. That, you know, now we, we have to see it again. And, and I think 19th is a little low, to be honest. Um, you know, Peter razick has been around a bit. There are a lot of question marks ac- across the league uh, in goaltending gym. And um, you know, I guess the Leafs are one, but 19th to me seems a little bit low, uh, taking all the uh, factors in consideration. But uh, um, you know, you know, God forbid there's an injury, because then you're again, you're asking Michael Hudson to come in and do some things for you that he might not be used to doing on a regular basis. But um, it's it's a it's a it's a show me thing with these two, both of them. Yep. And uh, you know, I, I assuming that you know the way it's going to break down. Now Campbell will uh, play the whole game Saturday night in the regular season finale. And get the start Wednesday against Montreal. And then, you know, Mrazic will be in net. It's kind, of, it's kind of good the way the schedule works out for them. Playing the back-to-back to start, just goaltending-wise. I know we have to go on the road, but Ottawa is a short point away. We're going to see both men in net right off the bat. And I think that's key. Yeah. Gamble, Campbell, uh, Campbell Mrazic, the next time I think is what we're going to see. And, you know, it'll be an, it'll be a, an, an early indication perhaps of what we'll see uh, going forward. But I think it's good they're both going to get their feet wet immediately.
1: Um, the unknown, uh, really, because it it slips under the radar, and was a factor last year, and we would expect it to be a, a bigger factor this year. Is how defensively responsible this team is becoming. So that that plays into the goaltending as well, doesn't it?
0: It does. And you know, even through the you know, even the other night it was you know, I was just covering the uh, the Leafs Canadians game, and um, you know, the Canadians had had a fairly good lineup. Uh, the yeah. Leafs did. The Leafs had some people, and not not in a complete full one. Uh, Montreal had 20 shot, 22 shots, and a lot of those came later in the third period. I mean, Leafs have been good defensively. I think they've, they've carried the things over, Jim, from last season uh, into this preseason, and, uh, you know, that includes the guys who uh, who uh, probably won't be part won't be part of this team going forward because so they will have been cut, but um, that philosophy is still there, and I think that's key, and I think they're going to take that into the regular season. I don't... You know, again, you're playing different opponents now. You're not seeing the others four or five times, or nine times, ten times, any of these teams, and that you can kind of uh, uh, get used to their tendencies. So that'll be a, bit a challenge. But so far, the indica- the early indications are good that they've carried that over, and uh, you know, um, it'll be key for them to keep that going. But again, I think right off the bat, they got Montreal, uh, Ottawa twice, you know, and then the Rangers, I believe, ran So three teams yep. you're seeing you saw all last season, but the defensive steps I don't think were in action no matter what division they're playing in last year.
1: Okay. Let's move to the blue line. Uh, I, clearly at the top, Riley Brody, Muzzin and Hall is not a concern. You're looking for health and you're looking for Morgan Riley to really uh, earn whatever contract he gets, wherever he gets it. You're looking him to to sort of lead the way. And I don't think there's any discussion about that. I, I, you know, mm-hmm. Sandine and uh, Dermot on the blue line and Lilligren as, as the swing man, I really like that uh, because I, I'm not. I'm still not sold on Sandine. I think he has to learn how to put the puck to play faster on his own. There's the a half steamboat count that he has to get rid of. Every other part of his game is is excellent, but he has to get rid of that because it leaves him open to a hit. I like Lilligren's camp and and Dermott uh, can play on either side. So, I mean, that works for me. The the veterans are going to be, I would assume, be put on waivers and clear because everybody has these guys, Biega and Dahlstrom, and and that's the way I see that. Would you agree with that?
0: I completely agree with it. I think Lilligren's ready to make that next step and become part of this on more than just the fill-in basis. And I think Sandine's going to take a next step as well. I'm with you on that, Jim, that, with Sandine, it's 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 the same reasoning apply to Campbell. without with without uh, Sandine doing what Campbell did last year. You, you have to come out and prove it now. But Sandine seems to be ready ready to be able to do that. He's no longer an AHL defensive We know that. He's too good for that. And I'm yeah. with him too. And, and he's discussed that. That is one thing that he's tried to really concentrate on through the preseason here when he's played is just that that extra half step in the mental approach of getting get Not just, you know, getting the puck off a stick, but making sure the pass is completed and uh, not doing things in a hurry. I think he has the brain for it. I think it's one of these things that comes with being a young defenseman. There is a difference in adjusting full-time from the American Hockey League to the National Hockey League, and uh, that's what we're seeing with him. And for a guy like Lilligrand, it's just taking a little bit longer. But... um, I fully expect Sandine to be a regular part of this. Uh, get some look on the power play because he's he's got the the uh, the acumen to get that done as well. But I'm with you. The the rest of it uh, it's a good solid uh, veteran group. Uh, Justin Hall has done good things with, with Jake Muzzin. and I too awfully curious to see how Morgan Riley does now in a, in a, in a contract year. And I I don't I don't want that to imply that I think it's going to be pressure on him. I don't think that's going to affect them at all. I just want to see him get back to level that he had two or three years ago when we had him in serious discussions for the Norris trophy and deserved discussions because there is, he's that that's there. I would hate to think that that was his peak because I don't think it is.
1: Yeah. Yeah. You know? I agree. And, and, you know, there's the Olympic opportunity. I mean, there's really this. He's walking into a situation where he can only win. And and I yeah. think you, uh, you know, we all like Morgan Riley. We, we applaud uh, his opportunity here. And we'll worry about where, how it ends up, when it ends up next summer. Uh, let's go to the forwards. What I really mm-hmm. like about the forwards, I have kind of a mixed bag here. I like the versatility. I like the yeah. fact that you have Matthews and Marner. Tavares and Nylander, and then the rest all sort of float in around them, and and are basically, in, in a lot of respects, interchangeable parts. I really like that.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, and you know what? It, it's one of the bonuses I know that that Sheldon Keith uh, has figures he has in his in his bag going into the season that he'll be able to move some people around. Uh, Michael Bunting's a good example, Jim. Um, you know, if the season starts with McKeon on the left of Tavares and Nylander, is that something that's written in stone? No. I think there's going to be a time that Sheldon Keefe is to get, going to want to give Michael Bunting and his touch around the net a really long look there. Um, the pressure is on Mikaev to a degree. Uh, you know, the trade talk during the summer, him wanting out, now it looks like he's going to get that opportunity. Well, you have to produce. You know, you have to do more of what you did in the first period against Montreal the other night when you put the puck in the net and not in the third when you had a fairly uh, easy pass on a two-on-one uh, slide under your stick and, and uh, out of danger. So he's got to get more consistent that way. But I, I do think that with Bunting, uh, you know, Mikheyev, Engval, uh, you know, Kasha, I think is a bit of an unknown to us in this market. Um, we, we know what he was capable of, but, you know, just playing three games last year at Boston with the injury trouble that he's had, the concussion history that he's had, those are a bit of red flags. But he's healthy now. He's looked good in camp. I think he's done, he and he and he and Kamp have looked really good together. But I think he's a guy you can move up and down. I'm curious to see today, like just what they had in Gravenhurst with, with Willie Nylander uh, not practicing today. because He's still awaiting the uh, the second vaccine shot to kick in. Um, moving Kasha up to the to Tavares uh, uh, spot or, or Nylander's spot in the Tavares line. And then Wayne Simmons into Kasha's spot. I'm wondering if Simmons is that placeholder right now and perhaps might be the 13th forward to start. I think that's a possibility. Because if you go with what Keefe is doing and you have a bunting Kerfoot Spets a fourth line just to start, that's a heck of a line for you. There's a lot of potential there. That's not a that's not a throw the fourth line over the boards, cover your eyes and hope everything goes all right, get off the ice after 30 seconds line. There's a lot more to it than that. And I think that'll be, you know, again, not that Bunting's going to stay there all year. I don't see Kerfoot as a full-time fourth liner either. But if it is the way that Keefe starts, I think it's it, it really does speak to the least depth and, uh, you know, what they're going to be able to do, uh, even if they do have some injuries. So they do have some other good players that are not going to be on this opening rank roster and the team will hope that they pass through waivers once they are cut and uh, are assigned to the Marlies.
1: Okay, let me throw this at you. I have the, the line up in front of me, So, and obviously with neilander out, but even if I put neilander in, uh, basically if you look at the, the 12 forwards, whoever they may be, you're you're talking about a line that's 1 and then 1A. You're talking about the next line, which yeah. is basically 3 and then 3A. There's not much difference between the third and fourth line. So would, would you ever consider sort of – uh, dissipating through the lineup and instead of having those top two lines, the way they are actually having a third line that would generate more offense as opposed to, 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 uh, to stopping the opposition. Cause I mean, they have the bodies to do that. They just never seem to get there.
0: Yeah. I, I don't think uh, I like the idea, but I don't know that they think that that's a player in conflict they have because I think they like him the third line center to do, to make to have those defensive responsibilities, to him. I'm not sure of the offensive side of it and how much you can get going with him at that spot.
1: Um, well, I was thinking, I was thinking Kerfoot uh, on that third line, if you yep. drop somebody from the top six down to play with him, because Kerfoot yep. works works in the top six. I mean, if you don't do that, you're really talking about having a, a $3.5 million center on the fourth line, which makes no sense.
0: I don't think he's going to stay there. I think it could be a case where Kerfoot winds up perhaps on the left side with Tavares, and uh, Mikheyev is down uh, to the, to the third line. And Ingvald to the fourth. Uh, again, um, th- this is assuming everybody's healthy and will be healthy for a long period of time. That's probably not going to happen. So some of the things you and I are talking about are probably going to work themselves out. But uh, yeah, I-, I just think the way it's starting right now—not the way it's starting, the way it's gone through camp—and um, the way the way that uh, uh, Keith has talked about David Clamps, they like him that third line spot. Maybe yeah. a few more minutes playing against other people. I just don't know if you're going to be looking for. You know, you might be looking for more offense out of the fourth line, if, 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 if the a Kerfoot uh, bunting thing to start. Uh, to be quite honestly, but, you know, we'll have to see. I mean, uh, perhaps uh, guys like Kasha and whoever winds up in that left side of the camp uh, can bring that out
1: in him a bit more. Uh,
0: I just know that it wasn't a big part of his game in Chicago, and it's not why the Leafs signed him. So we'll have to see.
1: Yeah. Okay. So, and again, like I like the versatility. I like the depth uh, of their forward units. My concern would be. Um, If I watch Richie play, I know that he's going to finish off. He's great within 20 feet of the goal. If I watch Bunting play, I know that offensively he's sound. He knows the spots to be in. And if I watch Kasha play, I know that you know, he's going to be in the right spot. He can check and and he can score as well. My concern would be pace of play and, you know, what happens with the other 180 feet? What happens when you're in your own zone? Uh, What happens when you're not allowed to carry the puck like they did against Montreal the other night and and you have to manufacture plays? And, and, And after I say all of that concern, I then would turn to you and say, what is the job description? for the left winger on Matthews, Martyr and, T- and Tavares and Nylander. How would you describe who that person is?
0: Well, it's going to be interesting because I think it's it's Richie's a different player than Zach Hyman is. Yeah. Right. He, so that that then then but I think the the other thing we can't look, overlook here is is the trust that Keith is putting in Matthews and Marner and Tavares and Nylander as duos. Yeah. Knowing what they're capable of. I don't think, the, the thing to me with a guy like Nick Ritchie is um, th- there's going to be an increase in minutes because the other two aren't going to be going over the boards less because the guy playing on their left now isn't the same type of player that Zach Hyman was. Richie's going to see an increase in minutes. He's going to be playing against people in the National Hockey League that he hasn't played against a hell of a lot earlier in his career. That caliber of player, I mean. So that, to me, is going to be, you know, that, that does fall part and parcel what you're saying, too, is how does that translate over, you know, over the rest of the ice, right? Defensive zone, yeah. neutral, zone, yep. all this sort of thing. We don't know. It's going to be a bit of learning on the job, but I think we're talking about the trust he has in Matthews and Marner and Tobias Nylander. They are there with their capabilities to help those people become better players and learn. I got like Michael Bunting, like, like we're saying. He's not going to be, he'll be a top six at some point if not to start. Well, he's only played 20-plus games in the National Hockey League. He's going to need that helping hand to get to be that better player. And I think a guy like Tavares can help him do that. So the job of the left wing, uh, you know, it's, it's a little different than on the, certainly on the top line than what Hyman was doing. That's not to say that Cougou gets the puck because I think Matthews and Marner, their defensive capabilities now, have really grown. They're, uh, they are they hound the puck as much as anybody else. You know, some of the corner work excuse me, Richie going to do some of that? I would I'd imagine, but it is difficult in a sense to compare him to Hyman because Hyman does it just better than just somebody in the National Hockey League. And, you know, the, the Nevington owner are going to benefit from that. So, you know you know, him going out the door, you're not going to replace that. We knew the Leafs weren't going to because had they had the money for that actual replacement, they would have just kept Hyman. So I think it, it's, a, it's a bit of a moving part. As far as the left-wing job in the tomorrow's line, you know, put the puck in the net when you have the opportunity. And me right now, I see that more coming from a guy like Bunting, even though he's only played 26 NHL games than he do from a But I think that's something that he keeps going to look at over time. And we have to keep hammering home. What we see Wednesday night against the Canadians is not going to be cemented in cement stone for the next 81 games following. They're going to no. be some people moving in and out. You know, even Keith well, Jim the other night, sorry, when they sent Robertson down, Keith made the point of saying, we expect him to be part of this at some point this year. So well, keep in mind, there are other people that are going to come up and can probably have an impact at some point too.
1: Well, I mean, to have to have the ability to recall at the very least Robertson and or Hosang later yeah. in the season, I mean, that, that's a real plus because those guys think the game the way the, the, the core players do. They have they have that kind of a brain and, and they, they play at that kind of a pace. So that that's a nice plus. I, I really like that. But you said the key word minutes. Richie will be playing minutes he hasn't played before. And actually, when I go down the left side – um, if you're going to plug any one of those guys, and that includes Mikhaev, into a top six left wing spot, none of them have played that minutes, those kind of minutes, and that almost suggests to me that that Richie Marner and Matthews may start the game, but there's no guarantee they're going to finish the game. That left side may be a movable part all game long.
0: Well, the the one, the one, uh, the one, you know. I think one of the more important people at Ford this year for the is John Tavares and how he does coming back from the injury. Can't even be more than a point-of-game guy. But you know what? We look at a guy like Alex Kerfoot, Jim, and he is capable. Um, He stepped up in the playoffs last year. I don't think we can overlook that. You know, you and I talked a lot, as did a lot of other people in the offseason. Well, can you clear some space by moving his $3.5 million? Yeah, Yeah, of course you can. However, he is still a very useful player for you. And I think he's going to get a look in that in that top group at some point as well here, and because you know that he can do it, you know that he's capable of doing it. Does that overly excite you that Alex Kerfoot would be your your second line left winger? Not necessarily. He's not going to, never going to be a, a 30 or 40 goal man, which you might like out of that uh, potential out of that spot. But he's also more than capable in a lot of other areas of the game. He's a smart hockey player and uh, gets up and down the ice wall and all that sort of thing, as they like to say. So. You know, he's going to be I like think, a key factor for them before this is all done. Um, but, uh, you know, all I, a lot of eyes right now, are a lot, all eyes are on Nick Ritchie for, for, for the right reason. because. So not only has he not, we should say this, nobody hasn't had the minutes that we're expecting him to get. He's only played more than 15 minutes once over a season in his NHL career. But you at least now believe then that he is at the point in his career, mid-20s, that he's ready to take that next step. Uh, Matthews and Marner aren't young kids. They are age wise, but they've been around. They have the experience. They're more than capable of making players around them better. Hyman just happened to make them better players when he's playing with them. But, you know, I, I think that they can do that with a guy like Nick Ritchie and help bring them along. Nick Ritchie has a nose, Jim. We saw it the other night. I mean, listen, Marner did, while well. he did that work along the boards against Canadians, Ritchie knew exactly where he had to be. I, I don't want to, I don't, people have say, well, what do you take out of the preseason? You can't put too much stock in it. I suppose, but I also do like the uh, the chemistry the martyr and Richie have had so far. I think it's been pretty good.
1: Yeah, and I've got nothing against Nick Richie. I just think that uh, you know when you sit down and you're doing the job description, you go, wait a minute. Your center is a Rocket Richard Trophy winner. Your right yeah. winger is is a, is a first team NHL All Star right winger. So what is the right mix? I mean, I I applaud that Richie can score. But yeah. the goals are already there, so I, you know, and, and I'm not trying to replace Zach Hyman because he's gone. I just wonder what Richie is a top could be a top six forward on this team. There's no arguing that. The question is, which line is it on?
0: Yeah, well, we'll we'll see. I mean, you know, maybe maybe it's a thing too where um, you know, if you if you decide that Richie's not working there or whatever, Bunting might get that opportunity. Right? Yeah, yeah. I, I just think there might be. It's kind of an interesting thing for me. I, I think the bigger, I, I think you can have a Micaiah with Tavares Nylander. I think you can have a Kerfoot there if it comes to that. The bigger question mark, and I don't want to say it's a question mark in bold or anything, but the bigger one might be, like you're right, finding that right guy for Matthews and Marner. Might it be Richie? Might it be Bunting, who not only has the knack, but he brings that feistiness and, and the, the, uh, the workmanlike attitude, I think, that, that Hyman brought, maybe just not to that degree, because like I've said, not many people do. But I think that might be the bigger, um, you know, thing that that Keefe has to settle uh, uh, going into the season. You know, the one thing we got to say about Richie, too, is that, you know, if he was a player that we think could really come in and make a huge impact, the Boston Bruins would have qualified him. We wouldn't be talking about this. Well, yeah. You know, I know it was a money issue there, but you just don't let players of that ilk walk for, you know, and don't try to bring them back. He did score, what, 15 goals in last year? So I know yeah. it's a difficult decision in Boston, but, um, you know, we'll have to see. But again, I think it's moving parts in flux. is the way he put it the other day, and I, I don't have any reason uh, to believe that won't be the case to start.
1: Okay, now I'm going to hit to the, the two reasons as we close this off. Uh, the, my two most optimistic reasons for, for having any kind of uh, faith in things can work out, and these are uh, flexibility issues uh, in terms of how they can impact a game. I'm right. going to start off with the obvious one. If That power play could hit with regularity the way it started uh, last uh-huh. season. If it could go all the way through, uh, that would take a lot of stress off most of what we've talked about, and they've reconfigured it. Are you optimistic that this is the right thing to do?
0: Yeah, I am uh, because you're putting Mitch Marner in that bumper spot in the middle. It gives him, he can freelance a bit there. It gives him, he's so smart, Jim, on the ice. We know that. It gives him the opportunity to take greater, greater advantage of that, uh, of those hockey smarts to move around the ice, to find open people, to get the shot that we know he's been working on, if that's what it calls for. Um, listen, again, you you take uh, everything you see with a bit of grain of salt or whatever through the preseason The fact of the matter is that power play in the little time it has been together has been awfully sharp. And that's, you know, the other night it was with McAeve instead of Matthews. So does that lead me to believe, well, they'll be just as sharp as, you know, uh, when the season starts. Are there going to be more things Kingston iron out? Probably. But the fact is they all know that they're capable of it. And Morgan Riley was saying something I thought, you know, that was bang on the other night. He said, look, yeah, it's the preseason, but you're darn right. We're going to get confidence from this looking good now and it will bleed over. They're not hitting stop on Wednesday night at seven o'clock against Montreal next week and starting all over again. You'd like to think that they'll get a few more penalty or power play opportunities against Ottawa, give this group another uh, chance to go to work. Although we're pretty sure now that Matthews will be part of it. He's not going to play in the right or the preseason finale, but I like what they've done with uh, Marner for sure. You can move other people around um, and then, you know, we'll we'll see what happens on the second unit and whether it applies there as well. But yeah, I, I, it can't be 16th again. These players are too good. And i I, I, I good, good on the leaves for saying right away, the whole had one year to look, or one year, whatever it was, to get this right, or to, to make it work. It didn't happen. They made that change. And uh, the players already like Spencer Carberry to start. So already that relationship is, uh, I think, paying some dividends for them.
1: And let's close off with a PK and, and during camp, Nylander got some, some time on that. And, and I kind of applaud that. I think, you know, when you have your core players, once they mature, you just pile the work on.
0: Mitch Marner is your best example. And again, we go back to his smarts and a lot of teams is your, is your all-star winger killing penalties given the time he's got at five and five in power play. Maybe not, but he's got the brain to do it. And, you know, Nylander uh, does as well. And he, he, I think he showed in the playoffs for the second half of last year, his defensive responsibilities are greater. Jim, and the point was raised the other night with Keith, and you know, again, I thought Sheldon made a good point. Well, aren't you worried about guys blocking shots and everything on the pay and and doing all that sort of thing? And you know, Sheldon said, look, if we're doing our jobs properly on the on the penalty kill for the most part, you're not going to be in a position where you're trying to block shots from the from the point. So he has like he has that uh, that confidence in them. He used Marner example. You don't see Marner going down to block a ton of shots uh, a lot because he's usually done the right things leading up to that, whether it's stopping the entry, getting the puck out faster, whatever it may be on the PK. So I like it. I think it's going to be under Dean Schnooth, It looks like it's going to have a little bit more of an aggressive flavor to it. And When you have players p- killing penalty, you're not going to be the same Because Comp is going to do it as well and some others, but when you have guys like Marner and Neilander doing it and you have their brains, uh, that'll lead to more um, opportunities for you, even when you're short-handed. And and kudos for the Leafs uh, for having the, having the wherewithal to uh, take advantage of these players
1: and their brains and put them on the PK. I think it's a great idea.
0: Last minute of play in this podcast.
1: All right, there is the time warning from our PA announcer and the Scotia Bank PA announcer, Mike Ross. So let's play a quick lickety split, yes guy, no guy. The Leafs are definitely different this year, and that means they are better. I'm going to say yes, guy. I like the versatility that we talked about with Terry. There's many moving parts here. It's almost like they can't fail because of the numbers there and how versatile the players are. I mean, can't fail in terms of looking for bodies to replace those that have departed, moved on to other rosters. So I'm going to say yes, guy. I believe they are better. They are different, but they are better. Yes, guy, no guy number two. The Leafs defense is very underrated. Oh, that's an emphatic yes, guy. If you go back and do a comparison over the last two years, you will find that they are becoming more stingy by the season. And I look for a further tightening this year. So the Leafs defense underrated. Yes, guy. Yes, guy. No, guy number three. You are concerned about the Leafs goaltending tandem. Uh, Yes, guy. I am. Steady Freddy is gone. The key point being steady is gone. I would like to think this could work out. I have to see it to believe it. So I am concerned, but I don't have serious doubts. Concerned but not doubtful. I hope that satisfies. So I'm going to say concerned guy, not doubtful guy. New category. Hope you enjoyed Leap Sky episode 59. Hope you come back next week for season two, episode one.